evening, everyone. He's Mark. And he's Britain. And we are uh, recording. Uh, Mark is down in uh, San Francisco, or over in San Francisco, yep, and, and we're doing this remotely through magic. Through the magic of computers and yeah. such. And it, again, with, uh, with these remote streams, it's always a precarious setup, but it, 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 it seems to work somehow. And I guess I'll tell you guys real quick um, that I am in San Francisco because I'm on my first leg on my trip to uh, Antarctica, to the South Pole. Um, I've passed my first COVID test and I'm on my way to Ooh, tonight good. to New Zealand. Hey, the... Well, it's a land down under, but not the land down under. The land of hobbits. It is, yeah. Uh, you have, yeah, the land of hobbits. Uh, Weta Studio is down there. You have, uh, like the whole all Peter Jackson's thing. But yeah, but yes. we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. Well, we're not getting ahead of ourselves. Today we're discussing a film called uh, one of my favorites, Dead Heat. So, so uh, I know usually I uh, give the description, but Mark, how about you give a brief overview today about uh, what Dead Heat was about? Sure. Let's uh, let's just jump right in and get started. So, Dead Heat is a movie from the 80s starring Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams. A unlikely duo. Yes, the unlikeliest of duos. And um, basically what it, what it revolves around is Treat Williams is a cop. They're both cops, uh, yep. the partners. But uh, Treat Williams in the middle of an investigation where they're fighting bad guys who can just tank a lot of bullets and not go down. Yeah. Um, they find this weird lab uh, where they're resurrecting the dead. And Treat Williams ends up getting killed by some sort of monster. Uh, like a Viking monster or something. Something from a video game, it looks like. Yeah. And they, um... <laughs> something out of Skyrim. They... Yeah, exactly. And they bring him back to life as a zombie. Yeah. Um, he's not a typical brain zombie. He has all his mental functions and everything like that. He's just... Dead. Undead. That means you can shoot him point blank in the head and he'll just tank it. He'll be fine. And they use this to their advantage every time, you know, every way they can. They have, uh, exactly. you know, two zombies doing the scarecrow dance as they're shooting each other with the automatic weapons. Uh, we, treat- we, 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 we get ahead of ourselves here. Oh, oh, please. Beca- because he's has 24 hours to solve the mystery of his own death and take down the bad guys because he's just he's he's dissolving into soup yeah and as britain said they they take advantage of this gimmick in like it is a satisfying way in which they take advantage of it every possible thing like it like he's underwater for like 15 minutes yeah. just waiting because <laughs> he doesn't need to breathe yeah um he you know he he gets shot like a bunch of times and just stands there and takes it. Uh, uh, he, he explodes he, in an ambulance. Oh yeah, he and he has a good time doing all of it. And I think that's really what makes all the difference in this movie is that um, it's fun. Yeah, it's corny. Uh, yeah, it's it's stupid, um, but you can just tell that everyone's just kind of having a good time making yeah. it. And it probably has one of the best one-liners uh, put to cinema. 
you know, uh, we'll get to that in a second okay. because I want to, I want to, I want to talk about the not the making of this movie, but the making of us watching this movie. And okay, it's a fitting movie because it also takes place in California. Yeah, yeah, uh, where, where I you am. are. Hello. Um, but we we had this movie because Britain just found a whole bunch of notoriously bad movies. Yeah, I I have um, uh, about four binders. Uh, one out on loan of uh, that yes. of just movies I researched or found or 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 I just was given to was given uh, just through uh, various machinations of just the 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 worst of the worst and I don't know how this one made it in there. I think what happened is you saw it on a list you saw that you know who starred in it and you found a copy <laughs> you're like oh yeah. Joe Piscopo okay I gotta find this yeah. And, uh, and um, go on. And so we we put it on because we used to. I mean, we still do, I guess. Oh but, yeah. Um, we we had a you know we used to we'll just watch bad movies for bad movie night, and we you know usually when we watch a bad movie we'll just kind of riff on it for a little bit. And yeah. This we put on and we were doing our normal riffing uh, to it, and there came a point about maybe halfway through the movie where the riffs just stopped. Yeah. We... And because we were. St- so invested yeah because yeah, it just it, it's just such a fun movie that it, it didn't really like, need any input from us like the and the um the the concept was just so unique and so interesting that like we realized i think early on there's a lot of potential for what they could do with this and yeah. they they did it and i think the moment where we pretty much stopped riffing was when the the badass one-liner was delivered. Yeah. Like this guy, you know, he's going through, like, just cell degeneration. They have to get him a lipstick, you know, so that he kind of still looks human and still yeah. looks like he has rosy lips and everything like that. And uh, what was it? Uh, a wild berry or something? Or so, something like <laughs> something like it that. Brings, it just really brings out your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> And but that's not the line. The line is no. like when. Well, the, it, well uh, let's build it up. There, there. Uh, word got around that there. Uh, something. One of the clues to the case is in this uh, Chinese food restaurant or this Chinese yes. butcher shop. And uh, you know they they go to investigate and uh, whatever machinations whatever machinations they use to bring the dead back to life all these uh, corpses of uh, dead animals that uh, the shop had on display start coming to life and attacking everyone, including a full like slab of beef like yeah. an entire side of beef I think yep. gets up and starts charging them. Yep, and uh, like eventually they they. They do succeed in just kind of, you know, killing everything. And uh, I, I forget what uh, there was. A, there's a female protagonist, but uh, and yeah, I think she's, she's like also the love interest. But uh, yeah, I, I forget what she says to treat Williams. But uh, you know, he like, kind. What's what's that? I was gonna say like she. You know, he. He's, she's looking him over and she's talking about how bad his you know degeneration is and everything. Yeah. Hey, he just looks at, looks at her and just goes, Lady, I'm fucking dead. <laughs> and we kind of just looked at each other like, Yep, alright, this, uh, this, this movie's legit now. I, I remember when that scene happened, um, 
Like, you kind of looked at me and said, I hate to say this, but that, that was really a badass line. Yeah. <laughs> now, don't think that that um, Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams are oh, the only up. star power in this movie. Oh, yeah. can you hear me? Uh, you, you ducked out for a little bit, but you're back. Don't think that this is the only star power in the movie is Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo. Oh, no, 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 no. We have two bad guys played by two, uh, I guess, various um, uh, <laughs> characters. Like one, uh, we have one is awesome, and the one is unexpected but a nice surprise. Yeah, one is awesome, and one is somehow even awesomer. <laughs> yeah. Like the first, I'll let you talk about the the big bad awesome bad guy, but I'll talk about the first bad guy who I was. Go. Uh, the uh, I think his name is uh, Darren McDermott. Uh, he's the the old man from a Christmas story. Yeah, the the dad. Yeah. And, uh, bumpers. Yeah. Oh, bumpers is dogs, which uh, which would have been interesting if the turkey came back to life in uh, in uh, Christmas story. But uh, you, mean you the know, duck. Well, the duck too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, in the in the China, in the okay the restaurant yeah, yeah but uh, the 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 big the big surprise that we were we were thrilled with was Vincent Price. He, oh we, yeah, you can't you can't go wrong with Vincent Price. And uh, he was definitely older in this. And uh, when when they debuted him uh, in the movie, uh, he was just like it was a video a video will of him, and he's sickly and in bed, and we're just. Oh come on! Oh, this is sad. Oh. Uh, oh well. And then uh, he comes back. And then when uh, it's the big twist of the movie, and, it re and it's like I didn't die after all. I'm still alive, and he's just still full of life. That yeah, the the life that we wanted from a Vincent Price. It was it was such a such a nice uh, great movie uh, for him to. For him to just pop up in, and yeah. uh, now we're gonna go probably into a very, very spoiler-heavy territory. Uh, well, but, um, I don't know how much more we could spoil. But um, well, let's put it this way: this is a movie that is almost sequel-proof. I hear that they wanted to do a sequel to it because, again, I, I think everybody just had a good time making yeah. it. Um, even though, like you know, the even though the <laughs> The you know, some of the lines were corny, and you could tell that some of the, the the supposedly funny things that Joe Piscopo was saying was a little forced. Yeah, it just did seem like everyone's having a good time. But oh yeah, at, but at the end of the movie, literally everybody is dead. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Joe. Every Pi character has died. Yep, uh, Joe Piscopo died and is was reanimated, and uh, is kind of made this this. Uh, this uh, brainless servant, which also has another line uh, that we repeat a lot, like he told me to hurt you but I'm gonna hurt him. Now don't forget that the line that brings him back because, you know, um, the old man brings brings him back and he's like oh, this is, uh, you know, he's been dead for so long, his brain is mushed by now so yeah. he only, you know, he doesn't recognize you, he doesn't know you you know, uh, so, you know, now you're going to fight. And Joe Piscopo starts fighting Treat Williams. And yeah. Treat Williams says, uh, you know, he's trying to jog his memory and says, you know, mulberry lipstick really brings out my eyes. And that is what <laughs> finds the soul 
of Joe Piscopo. That is the thing that charges his memory back. Yep. And then, yeah, then he delivers a, he told me to hurt you, but I'm going to hurt him. <laughs> just, just, if there is one word, uh, okay, there's two words I could, uh, I could use to describe <laughs> this movie. It's one is fun and two is charming. Like, yeah, it, there's, a, there's a certain level of charm to it. It is, because, like, at the end of the day, like, the, you know, you could tell these two cops are, are, are really good friends, that they're, you know, not only willing to fight and kill for each other, but they're willing to come back from the from the brink itself to do it. Like, I, um, uh, in preparation for this, I was, you know, reading a few, uh, like, Rotten Tomatoes scores and everything. Yeah. Didn't it, it didn't it didn't test well? It looks like with the critics. Real um, well, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's probably how it ended up on the list to begin with. What uh, what, what was the uh, viewer score? Viewer Wait. score is a little bit higher. It was still it, it wasn't high. Uh, it was like a forty eight percent as really? opposed to the eleven percent. But apparently, this movie I've found uh, over the last I'm going to say five years or so has actually gotten a little bit of a, a cult status. I hope like, so. More, peop more people are starting to discover this, and apparently more people are starting to really like it. Like, I think that, um, I think this is one of those cases that uh, I don't think it's ever going to be a huge movie. You know, if one of those video reviewers like the, the Nostalgia Critic or the Cinema Snob or, yeah, I don't know, uh, someone like that, if they ever get their hands on it, the I think critic. it's going to probably... Yeah, cinema critic. I think they're, it's going to turn into a big cult like phenomenon. Like it deserves the recognition. In fact, the copy that uh, that we have on our uh, Blu-ray uh, shelf, yeah. I think is like a like a Midnight Madness kind of thing where uh, I think where where they they take cult movies or something and uh, start and do like Blu-ray re-releases of them. Which I was happy. I thought this was going to be one of those things where. The Blu-ray release would never come out, which I, mm -hmm. I, I was happy it did. I, I think you got that for me for my birthday as well. No, it was Christmas. Was it Christmas? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, I was thrilled. And this is one of those. This is one of those movies. I think that we looked at each other and say, "Listen, I understand that." You know, there is a certain amount of things you have to accept. Like, all right, this is '80s. This is yeah. cheesy. You know, this is a cheesy '80s movie, so not every dialogue is, you know, every bit of dialogue is is a, a home run. You know? Yeah, you're not um, you're not going to get uh, like Tarantino level writing, or or but, uh, or Spielberg level cinematography. But that being said, um, it is something that I think that after it was done, we looked at each other and was like, it. How can nobody have? How is nobody talking about this movie? It surely can't be as good as what we just witnessed like this can't be real yeah it it, it, it was and and the thing that didn't that baffled me is that it was you know an 80s buddy cop movies with zombies it's it's almost like a perfect storm uh for for the 80s uh, that you would think it would just be huge but it kind of skirted under the radar I think I think we were as we were talking about um, when we first watched it that this is probably a movie that we would have really loved as kids oh, growing yeah. up, um, especially like the climax of the movie. Like he's only got like an hour left to live, and yep. he's he's all he's all messed up looking, you know, he's all soupy, and uh, 
and they, you know. <laughs> no, no, I, I was taking a swig when he said soupy, and it nearly. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and so, like, you know, they they handcuff him inside an ambulance. They're like, we'll just let you, we'll just let you sit here until you die, yeah. kind of thing. Which is, you know, as far as plans go from a, a mastermind, that seems pretty good. Like, you know, I'm not going to do anything big or elaborate. I'm just going to lock you up until you turn to mush. Yeah. And, like, he finds his way, like, he, you know, he's locked in with his girlfriend, who's also dead. And, yeah. like, he's, I think he undoes the, uh, the, the safety break or whatever. Yeah. Um, and just rolls down the hill. And as he's going to basically crash and blow up, he shouts like, oh, yeah! Uh, he's, he, he's having such a good time do, doing this. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the ambulance crashes and explodes. And, and there's a scene where, uh, like, another ambulance is there and they have him in a body bag. And he unzips it and it's just all smoky from it. And, and kind of smushed. Yeah. He's all burnt and, and awful, and he just, like, walks away from it as these, uh, uh, EMTs are looking on in horror. And that's when we start to get to, like, the, the big, you know, the final climax, where he's going through this, uh, this facility with, like, a machine gun and shooting people, you know, and here comes another zombie, and they just unload a clip of machine <laughs> gun bullets at each other while they're scarecrow dancing. Yep. And he ends it by just like, <laughs> first he locks him in his room, uh, the other guy in his room, he throws a grenade at him, he shoots him one last <laughs> time, and then the grenade just goes off. It is so ridiculous. It, it, it's such an over-the-top movie, and it's it's like it's beautiful. The, the, the bad guy, instead of being, you know, as the two zombies are coming after him, Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo, yeah. rather than getting killed by them, he takes his own life. He shoots himself in the head. That's right. So he doesn't right. have to deal with the... And they bring <laughs> so they can kill him again. Yeah, they bring him back. This, move, this movie just understands what someone like me in Britain wants to see out of a movie. It, it, the movie asked, all right... Buddy Cobb's uh, movie where they can bring the dead back to life and they stay alive for uh, they stay undead for 24 hours. What could they what can we do with that? And I think they figured everything they could do with, uh, with that uh, and and leave the audience satisfied. Yeah, the movie doesn't overstay its welcome. It doesn't like my God, they did the they did the the you know being able to survive underwater for too long. They don't do anything like that. Like yeah. every permutation that you can think of, they they hit. They don't they don't uh, leave us wanting less, and they don't leave us wanting more. They hit the exact middle ground that they needed for this movie. Did you ever have a meal uh, that when you were done, you you weren't full and you weren't still hungry? Uh, you know that that ten, that kind of that fulfilled feeling after a Thanksgiving dinner you have. That's what we left that movie feeling. Like I, after that movie was over, I made it a point to talk about it with as many people as I could. The thing that and the thing that 
kind of baffles me is that, uh, like, I know there's kind of been a resurgence in, uh, in 80s pop culture, and, uh, like, a, some shows are being based in the 80s, and 80s have, have made a bit of a comeback, but this is still kind of flown under the radar. Well, here's one of the things I think it's uh, important to know about this, is, um, shows like Stranger Things, where it has a yeah. very heavy 80s influence and stuff like that, um, I'm going to describe it as uh, something like, like basically like baby's first 80s. Like, yeah, yeah we all saw E.T. You know, E.T. wasn't the only movie in the 80s. Like the movies that uh, that kind of look at 80s nowadays, you know, the, the pop culture 80s. Like, I feel that it's almost like a, a surface level 80s. Like, yeah, it's almost a shallow 80s-ness that they have. Dead Heat is the real meat and potatoes of the 80s. If you want to talk about... 80s movies yeah. that's uh that is just super 80s like this is really what the 80s were that you know, that's dead heat yeah this is what i talk about when i talk about 80s movies it is uh the probably one of the most 80s movies there are second only to the last dragon which is probably the most oh, 80s boy. movies uh i've ever seen like you're almost blinded remember- by neon like I remember, we watched that. Uh, we watched that movie one time. I think we were drinking. Yeah. It was again. It was a movie that was. We, for we some had no expectation. Under bad movies. It was one of the quote unquote bad movies. And even yeah. though I'd heard a little bit about it, I was like, oh, I didn't think this was a bad movie, but I don't know enough about it. And I remember watching it, being like, this movie's fucking awesome. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> show like a two and a half minute like dance sequence or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, this is great. And show enough is probably one of my favorite '80s bad guys. Uh, he is so fantastic. He, the it, Shogun it, of Harlem. <laughs> who's the Shogun of Harlem? <laughs> no, when I say who's the baddest, you say <laughs> Shogun. Just uh, that, that's another one. If uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, Dead Heat and The Last Dragon, both spectacular. Now, here's, a qu- here's a question for you, because I'm not going to ask. Um, what we would do differently for this movie because we fucking made this movie it looks like yeah uh, <laughs> it, 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 I would change nothing but um, do, do you think even if we have her uh, collaborate with us a lot do you think this would be a movie that Jenny would enjoy uh the Dead Heat or The yeah. Last Ray ah uh, hmm that's tough that is tough I know she, she's all ret- she's very retro and everything like that but um she she but she likes a lot of Disney, and uh, but then again, she she does like cheesy horror as well. I think she'd like it. I I like Disney. I think she would like it too. Um, there would be definitely a. Uh, I hope she's listening to this because I know she listens to our episodes. She, I hope not she's not her, listening. That's very she, nice of her. If she's listening. That means she has a microphone in the apartment somewhere. Uh, oh, you mean, I mean on the podcast? We, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm assuming this is getting published. Ah, uh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, it, it might turn out to be a bad episode. <laughs> but uh, one question I want—I—I I, I know uh, we've discussed this before, and I kind of want to bring this uh, bring this up again. I—I okay. uh, I don't want to like I, like you said. Uh, there's nothing we would uh, that really needs to be changed. I think it's a—it's for what it is. It's a perfect movie in its own category. But how would we make a sequel? Ooh. All right, now I, I do have a question for you. Go on. Um, well, we we I really need to to lay out the ground rules here. Go Is on. Is it uh, 
same same characters treat williams and joe piscopo yep. or is it a fresh start okay Street Williams. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try both out. We'll, we'll start with uh, original characters. Well, because to me, it wouldn't be a good sequel without any of the original characters. I would agree. You might as well just... It would just be, at the very least, a remake or something like that. But, um, yeah, which, yeah. I, though there might be a way to, to kind of combine the two. I think I have an idea that would make... Um, I know we've brought this concept up before, yeah. but it would it would fit into the 21st century, mm-hmm. and it would also um, take into account that you know maybe Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams you know can't can't run and jump like they used to uh, when they were you, younger. Like, are, are you thinking of the the lethal weapon treatment? Yes, I am. <laughs> I and like it. In order to. In order to capture the same spirit that Dead Heat had, like they are, I think in, like they can basically go in. Uh, think of it almost like virus, where they can yeah. build, like you know, they, they can These build biomechanical machines, you know, robots. Yeah, and that—that's how we do it. All they need to do is a voice, and you can shoot these robots, and you can, you know, blow them up however you want. But they can just kind of put like a toaster on their head and just keep on going, you know, as long as they have the parts they need, and uh, like they can just keep on rebuilding, almost like, uh, almost a little bit like Ultron, I guess. But you know, <laughs> they, they just need—they just need a little bit of, um, like, they'll be, uh, uh, like, the bad guys could have them, like, all right. You know we're gonna we're gonna put you in a grocery store where there is no, um, where there or uh, even something like we're gonna put you in the middle of the desert where there's no, bu- there's no mechanical things for you to rebuild, huh. you know, and see how you do it. And they, you know, they, I, I'm sure they could find a way. They they find some like ancient uh, Native American monument, a spiritual monument that they can take over. I, I have a better idea. Like they're they're stuck there as like the little robots. They leave them in the middle of the desert in New Mexico, and they're like, all right, you know, let's see you rebuild your way now. And they rebuild themselves out of the buried ET cartridges. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like that. Uh, what was it in Transformers Four when Megatron was like a swarm of uh, of what was oh, it? Yeah. <laughs> cubes or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just a swarm of floating. <laughs> Like yeah, I, I imagine it's one giant creature with two heads, one of Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo. I imagine at first it's not, but at the end, you know, they're you know, because they have teamwork and everything, they're able to do it like that, and uh, they're able to like on their own individually, they're not enough to stop the bad guy who is, um, uh, you know what, John Lithgow. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Not. Not. I, I don't mean he's playing a character. I mean, John Lithgow is the bad guy. Like literally like John the Lith- actor John Lithgow. Yeah, John Lithgow. He is. He's. He's trying his. Uh, he's trying his hand at world domination. <laughs> I, I was gonna say because I was gonna say which John Lithgow? John Lithgow from Cliffhanger or John Lithgow from Buckaroo Banzai? I'm gonna say John Lithgow from Third Rock from the Sun. That's a good John Lithgow. I think that's you know, just John Lithgow. The... I think that's just John maybe Lithgow. That'll just, like that'll be that'll be the thing. He he will be he'll be Dick uh, uh, Dick Solomon. He won't be he won't be uh, <laughs> he won't be John John Lithgow. Lithgow. 
And right. that's a, it's a, they're trying to stop an alien takeover. I like it. I like it. Because I, I guess they were just a, uh, like a survey. That implies that they were just like a surveying team to kind of uh, assess humanity. You know, just like how they had the old man and then um, Vincent Price at the as, yeah. at the top of the chain. Like John Lithgow will be the old man, and uh, the big giant head will be uh, <laughs> who was Shatner. Will be the Vincent Price. Yep, exactly. So we can get Shatner in on the mix. And uh, so what? Yeah. So my uh, my idea is a little bit different. Okay. So. Uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, so, uh, my you know, mine takes place again modern day, and some, of course, uh, some wormy little pencil pusher, uh, in, in a giant corporation is just kind of going through, uh, like old archives of uh, uh, of assets that uh. Because they're like a they're like an acquisitions company that that buy out like uh, that, that buy out like a or foreclose on uh, failed businesses, and he's going through the assets and finds the uh, the reanimator uh, from uh, the first movie, and oh. you know, yeah, or finds the designs for it, and uh, like kind of uh, you know takes him away and uh, do, you know reanimates it again and uh, kind of it's very similar to the first movie where you have these th- undead thugs and he he might uh, even enhance it with, since it's uh, like so many years later the technology is better and he it might not be 24 hours anymore they could just be Im- Im- you know immortal now mm-hmm. so uh, like the police are having a hard time dealing with it so they have uh you know the the cia uh resurrects a program of their own uh the uh what was it majestic 12 or or something like that where they they hire psychics and and uh the psychics uh channel joe piscopo and treat williams and treat williams and joe piscopo uh possess the bodies of the psychics and uh, you just, I imagine, uh, they switch bodies, uh, a lot throughout the movie. Like, you'll have Treat Williams voicing this doughy lady, uh, uh, psychic, and, uh, and Treat, and, uh, Joe Piscopo. Did I say Joe Piscopo? Or Treat Williams? Yeah. Like, just you said, different- You said Treat Williams the first time. Alright, just two, just, you have these, uh, these two kind of voice different characters, and then- Maybe later on have them as ghosts, and uh, yeah, it's though my big worry is a little—it's a little bit of a rehash. I, I think that we can go in a different direction with it. Like, I like the idea, and I'm going to run with it a little bit. Go on. Um, the reanimator stuff, all that you know, all that kind of stuff that happens. Um, first I thought you were going to introduce Jeffrey Combs into the mix, but uh, oh. <laughs> Oh, that would be... But, hmm. Uh, we could have I'm a crossover. Go, but what I'm going to do is... Um, the You know, they, they resurrect them. Um, we'll use deep fakes uh, so that they look the same. Uh, or or we could just and they can, use heavily, like, heavy zombie prosthetics. But um, they 
they they come back and you know it's they're now immortal and they they figure out that uh, they figure out how to destroy the machine that's reanimating people and everything and their job's done but now they're stuck on earth and can't die that's the first act and it becomes a drama about what it means to be alive and the <laughs> the, 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 su- the suffering that is love that is life and like it, it becomes like a, it almost becomes like an Igmar Bergman film, you know, where there's a lot of heavy shadows and, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of ruminations about what it means to truly die. <laughs> you want me to hurt him, but I want you to hurt me. I have been hurt already. Living is pain. And Dying is release. And then there's just some heavy Norwegian accented man narrating. And then these two here are battling the battle of life versus death. And death is... He's super pissed because he cannot claim their souls, even though they want him to. They try as much as they can to get it, but his powers are... are... are, uh, are useless in the face of modern technology. <laughs> I imagine, like... Uh, I- a soul increases in value uh, for every day uh, past its expiration date. Like, it, it, it's almost so, like a savings bond. <laughs> now, I, um, now I imagine that this, uh, because of the, the, the direction we go, that modern audiences are like, man, this is so poignant and brilliant. It, it brings into the idea of, 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 um, death versus technology and what are we really doing to keep people alive, you know, blah 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 and, uh, like it ends up going on to, like, sweep the Oscars like, <laughs> and the winner for best picture Dead Heat 2 and, like, Treat Williams is there, he's like, you know clapping everybody, you know, shaking hands and, you know, Joe Piscopo's, like, lifting weights nearby, like, you know and... yep and uh, he, oh, he's uh, he he's broadcasting remotely at from the gym. <laughs> like, all right, guys, I think it's a, I think it's a great thing that we I was like, urgh, urgh, urgh. I want to thank the academy. Urgh, urgh, urgh. I was like, urgh, urgh. and uh, uh, I then the music starts playing and he can't hear it. <laughs> well, I imagine once. Uh, you know, once they announce that Dead Heat 2 uh, wins, he starts pumping faster. <laughs> Dead Heat 2! So, <laughs> so, so when they're, when, they're long, when they're announcing the nominees, you see, you know, everyone, like, you know, in the crowd waiting, and he's yeah. just a remote in the gym, like, you know, just keeping his eye on the screen, slowly pumping. Though I think he's then, wearing a sleeveless tuxedo. Hmm... I was thinking, like, a bright pink sleeveless shirt, but a little bow tie. <laughs> okay. Well, yep, I can we'll, see it. We'll compromise. Yeah, <laughs> we'll meet in the middle. A, a bright pink sleeveless shirt with a collar and a bow tie. <laughs> okay. And he... Ah, everyone's cheering, he pumps faster, he thanks the Academy, and, uh... And, and that's, uh... Yeah. And then when we get Dead Heat 3, which is inevitable at this point... Oh, of course. Um, it's just two and a half hours of a man farting. <laughs> that, what, like the really movie Ass tri- from, uh... From, uh... Yeah, uh, from... In, <laughs> in idiocracy. idiocracy. Yeah, he... And it... 
the, the academy doesn't know what to make of it anymore. It would be like, it would be like if the Godfather one, you know, went on to do the Godfather two, and the Godfather two was just Michael taking a shit for two and a half hours. <laughs> like, like man, oh man, like. Yeah, we're going to have to nominate it for Best Picture just because of Legacy, but yeah. I don't know if it's going to win this time. Well, it, it, you would have to you have to say uh, you would have to say it represents something like it represents the current political climate in America. It represents the need for uh, for better schooling in underprivileged areas. Oh, huh? Yeah, huh. you know, I didn't think of it like that, but uh, uh, but you know when. Uh, uh, when you say it like that, it takes, it makes the farting, you know, puts the farting into context. Like, they, they watch it under a different lens, and they're like, you know, it's, it's so, so bold and innovative. I and don't then, know, it just looks course, like a guy farting for two and a half hours. You know, you, you have to look at it through the appropriate lens, because lens is the only thing that you can look at something through. What, the fart lens? I look through the fart lens yeah. every time I have broccoli. No, 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 not the fart. You don't understand art. It's art. I understand fart, and, and that's what that was. <laughs> I Now I imagine that because of this, and because, again, the people are like looking at it through this weird, stupid lens that it really yeah. shouldn't represent, They, um, you get a bunch of imitators trying to capture that the same thing. <laughs> yeah, like the, and then you get the... Like uh, Scorsese releases Belch. I was gonna say Scorsese releases wet fart, <laughs> and it, it stars Scorsese himself. Oh, I, I, I was gonna say it scor- uh, starred Leonardo DiCaprio to, to right, get the yeah, ladies maybe. in. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think, like, I know he and Scorsese uh, work together a lot, but I don't know if you know Leo would trust Scorsese enough to make wet farts for two and a half hours. See, here's the funny thing, is, um, like, it would be, first it would be, oh, he's going to be announced as the lead of Wet Fart, and people are like, oh, okay, Leo Jazz, all right, you know, this, you know. <laughs> He'll bring and, like, legitimacy after, to the genre. <laughs> and after the first few seconds, it's like, all right, well, I've seen it, now, what else is there to it? It's just, it's just, this isn't as good as Fart, yet Leo is still nominated for an Oscar. And because still loses. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like, man, that's just to really put yourself out there like that and just wet fart for two and a half hours. Like, would they feed this guy? <laughs> now, now, do you imagine that it's just a close up of the ass, or do you imagine it's like him sitting in a chair? I, I, I imagine it's a, it, it's a long shot that turns into a close up over the course of two and a half hours. Oh, yeah. And I think that, uh, and it's like, people are like, man, and this movie was done in all in one take. I'm like, eh, it looks like that, but there's just some clever editing that we've done. <laughs> uh, because, <laughs> like, they. Beca- because I imagine, uh, you know, Leo, he tries to go method and, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, also goes for, you know, making it one long two and a half hour fart. And he, by the end of it, like, he, uh, like, you know how some performances, like, really take their toll on, uh, on the actors? Yeah. And it's like, you know, sometimes they actually have to, like, you know, like, 
recoup. Get, you know, get nutrients. Yeah, pump them in the hospitals or something. Like, he's got to get his asshole stitched back together after two and a half hours of wet farts. Like, like you, you know, it, it. Like he had to have a, you know, he had to have a, a large air bladder inserted into his GI tract in order to for the for the role. And of course, he he loses the Oscar to like something like really dumb like and um and uh adam sandler in <laughs> growing up and adam sandler wins and like leo just throws his pamphlet down you know the, his program down yeah. at the oscars and farts his way out and the winner is american tale 3 fifle does disco <laughs> son of a bitch son of a I bitch i think there was a I think there was a third American tale. I'm not going to acknowledge it. <laughs> I don't think it's canon to the American tale experience. <laughs> I don't. I, I didn't think the Western was what one was. Where, 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 never mind. I think that um, I think what happened was in part three they they discount. I think the second one is a dream or something like that. Oh really? <clears throat> I, I think so. I could be mistaken, but I think I heard that they in the third one they were just like. Yeah, that Western one didn't count. Not, uh, it wasn't real. Like, I, I know the... Take uh, that, Jimmy Stort. <laughs> and your dying legacy. <laughs> because, uh, like, I know the American tale is supposed to take place uh, in the late 1800s, because I think the Statue of Liberty was still being built. And mm -hmm. in the sequels, uh, Fightful apparently got in the DeLorean from uh, Back to the Future 3 in order to go to the Wild West. Like, I think, um, I think that it'd be funnier if they said that in the second one, Fievel goes west, that, uh, that, you know what? The first movie doesn't count. Not canon. <laughs> the first American, the first American tale, nope, uh, we're, we're, we're pretty much just selling it down the river so we can get, uh, <laughs> Fievel goes west. It's almost like Aladdin 2, or Aladdin 3, where, uh, they said, all right, we got Robin Williams back. And then didn't do anything well with with him. They somehow made him worse. Like I don't know, guys. Maybe you could have brought uh, Dan Castellaneta back for another run. He wasn't that bad. Well, Robin, I don't think Robin Williams was the problem. I think it was just they didn't have him do anything but shtick. Like you could have cut the G. It would be a lot funnier if they hired Robin Williams to do one line, and then the genie was just gone. <laughs> hey, like. I was thinking earlier today, now this is a little bit off topic, Yeah. Um, but I was thinking earlier today, like, how interesting it would be if, uh, let's take something um, almost almost set, like the prequels of yeah. uh, Star Wars. Now, there's certain characters that you know can't die, like Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. So sometimes some of the, uh, you know, some of the tension is taken away, like, well, we know he's going to live. Yeah. Now, I think... It would be cool if George Lucas was like episode two. Yeah, he dies. He doesn't come back. Huh? How do you? Then uh, how is uh? Who gives birth to Luke? And it doesn't, doesn't matter. Well, he doesn't. And in any case, he will never give birth to Luke. But, well, uh, yeah, but uh, who's a Skywalker? Who's the who's uh, Luke's dad then? There's none. Huh? No Vader. Now, on one hand, you're like. That, that seems like a pretty big plot hole. Like, yeah. I, it would leave me with an unsettling feeling. But on the other hand, 
Hmm, that's challenging the medium. That's that is innovative. <laughs> that is bold right there. Well, it, it would clearly be an alternate universe. It would have to be an alternate universe where Vader died. Yeah, I, I I think that would be that would be really interesting to me. Like you know, like oh, all the bets are off in part three. Which um, you know, looking back at it, like I don't think, like yeah, Darth Vader was a cool character, but I don't think it would have stopped the you know the rise of the Emperor. Because Jar Jar Binks put the Emperor in power. Yeah. <laughs> Not now, Vader. What I would also, what I would also do is, um, I would, uh, George Lucas just goes back and he remakes the, you know, he kind of, you know, does another special edition to the original trilogy and just removes Darth Vader. <laughs> so it is now canon that there was never any Vader. Like I, I just, I don't want him to erase him from the scenery. I want him to replace them with. Uh, different characters but not star wars characters like in one scene is like bozo the clown or oh, i thought you meant like spock or is yeah, spock like whomever like i just want it to be uh such a conspicuously misplaced person like uh, like in, you know i think yeah <clears throat> okay like i like in one shot it's like a world war one uh soldier and like in another <laughs> shot, it's a dog. It's Clifford. <laughs> I I think it's kind of interesting because again, I'm thinking of how it would go, um, like in in episode four when in episode four <laughs> uh, when uh, when Obi Wan's fighting Darth Vader. I do think it's kind of funny that like Obi Wan calls him Darth. He's Does like, he? Only a master of evil, Darth, and I'm like. Was that originally supposed to just be his first name was Darth? Because that would be like, like me saying to like I guess my manager or my boss or like I don't know the king. Like you're only a master of evil, king. You're only yeah. a master of evil, president. You know, like it just seems like a weird thing to call somebody by their title instead of by their you know, like what you know them as. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Like it, I yeah, I guess so. Because yeah, there's Darth Vader, Darth Sidious, Darth. Yeah, it's which you know, begs the question: What the hell a Darth is? Dark Lord of the Sith. Oh, oh. It's just it's just kind of you know, an acronym. Uh, what's it called? Like, well, no, it's just uh, what's it called? An Portmanteau abbreviation or something where you, yeah, where you just kind of squeeze two things together. Oh, I, I did not know that. Is that true, or, or are you speculating? I am about. 90% sure that's true. Huh. Uh, you learned something new. Yep. Now your Star Wars knowledge is officially complete. I will forget it later. When you left, when I left, you were but the learner. Now I am the master. <laughs> I've always been. Oh, hey, you shouldn't say. Oh, I'll beep it out. Now I'm. No, okay. I've always I been won't. a. Beep. <laughs> That'll make people. What do you say? Yeah, I've always been a beep. What? Uh, you shouldn't say. <laughs> you shouldn't say beep. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. I'll just to. What the hell did he say? What the? Because we don't shy away from language. Yeah, but apparently this one on thing. This show. But apparently this one thing has gone too far. And and so far that when I repeat it back to you, it gets bleeped again. I've always been a beep. You shouldn't say beep. <laughs> <laughs>
I'll bleep it out later. Like people go through, I imagine, and like they they take the audio file and try to like peel back layer after layer <laughs> to see if they can remove different you know different levels of it. <laughs> it also implies that you insulted me, saying like <laughs> saying like whatever terrible thing I said was. My <laughs> no, like I said, if I bleep out my last, if you if you just bleep out me saying you shouldn't say your and just replace it with another beep, um, it would almost seem like you you said the the naughty word and I repeated the naughty word back to you. Should we cut this part out now, then? No, of course not. Of course not. Because because uh, I don't expect you to I don't expect you to actually bleep out. No. I feel like I feel like you're gonna go the lazy route and just be like, yeah, whatever. Uh, we talked about uh, Star Wars. We talked about the Dead Heat sequel, and we talked about I don't know uh, bleeps. <laughs> I don't know. Like that, that's a pretty funny joke. Like I, I might actually put the uh, put the bleeps in there, and people will be like, every you know, I want you to go full out, and every time we reference that we're talking about. You bleep it out. Like that last sentence would be every time we reference, bleep, you bleep it out. <laughs> All right, I'll, like, I'll what, go whole hog. I, I I want you to go whole hog. I will never, I will not know this. Like I will very likely not know if you did it or not, and you know until like I don't know, a year from now almost. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I hope that you. I do hope that you you go full hog on this. I think I will. Well, and I mean. I, I mean, I mean Kevin Bacon hog on this. Oh, that's a... I'll try. That's the full hog. Yeah. But, in the meantime, Dead Heat. Good movie. Um, really good. Uh, it's getting a cult status, but if you do like, you know, your cheesy, fun 80s movies, I don't know how the hell you missed out on this one, because this is, this is the king of them all. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite 80s movies of all time. Uh, if you like buddy cop movies, and if you like zombie movies, and if you like a, a, a good chuckle here and there, you really can't go wrong. What are you doing? Find this movie and watch it. So, uh, that'll do for now. Uh, take it easy, everyone. A toodaloo. That'll hold a little SOPs.